0: Been talking about the last half of a century. Relationships. Relationships. You mean you've been paying attention? That's cool. All right. Well, today's going to be a um, a review, so to speak, and there's going to be a quiz, a pop quiz. Yeah. So let, and there will be tests handed out at the end. No, I'm just kidding. But I will. I will have some some form a form a piece of paper for you to hand out, and it's for your benefit. And the only person who will see that besides yourself is whoever you show it to. So it's, um, well, I might want to post some of them on the wall. We might do that. I'm just kidding. Uh, but we'll have those uh, towards the end. But well, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay? So we ready. All right. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father, that you invite us, that as we draw close to you, you draw close to us. We thank you that you inhabit the praises of of your people. So we thank you that your presence is here, that we can enjoy your manifest presence in a greater way. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for teaching us, leading us into all truth, your truth. So we open our hearts today, not only just to hear your word, but to position ourselves to apply it, to put it into practice. Because, Lord, we want to move forward. We don't want to be just hearers of the word who deceive themselves, but we want to be doers who will be blessed in all that they do. That's the position we want to take, Lord. So we thank you for offering us your grace, and we choose to embrace the grace to run the race effectively. And so we just praise you and we thank you, Father. You are so good all the time. And we're so grateful that we get to worship you and serve you and to know you intimately. And Lord, we do thank you for what you are doing in our midst, in this congregation, in this family, that we're, we're drawing closer to one another as we're drawing closer to you. And we thank you for grace that enables us to do that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, so we've been talking about relationship, I heard someone say. Talking about relationship for quite a while. And so what I want to ask you, is as we've been talking about that for a little bit and talk about different aspects, as far as a relational environment, culture of honor. And so I want to ask you to share a little nugget of what, what that means to you or what you've been getting from that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this on. since we are recording this, um, it'll be on the Internet. I want you to speak into this so that the people who listen to it on the internet can hear what you have to say. So, when you think of a culture of honor, a relational environment, what does that mean to you? What have you been getting? At? Raise your hand so I can get you the mic. Repeat the question. Just share what you've been getting out of, um, as we've been talking about relationships, or as I've been yakking about relationships. What have you been hearing? What has God been speaking to you? Anybody wants to go? For, oh, Cindy. You've got to raise your hand. Hi, girl. There you go. We shouldn't just walk away from each other because God doesn't just walk away from us. Okay, that's good. Anybody else? Ah, Teresa. Okay. I get that we need to be truthful with one another and help one another. As much as we can, get out of our comfort zones and help people, and talk to them and find out what their needs are, and be honest with them. Okay. If uh, we've learned that there will always be conflict, and no matter what you do, there will be conflict. But it's about how you handle the conflict and the relationship. Okay. It's good. Cecil. Uh, what he said to me is that we should love one another as he loved us and gave himself a ransom for us and that we should be bonded together. That way we can be one unit, one unity, and one spirit. Okay. That's good. Rinsome. We should never feel self-righteous, better than forsaking others, but we should be together, united in love. God to join together, and not our own fleshly wants and desires. Amen. Oh, thought you were going to say something. All right. All right, Lori. Forgiveness is a big thing with friends and family and everybody. Just keep forgiving, um, seven times seventy, and have a heart of compassion. Just pray that God gives you that compassion in your heart for people. Let His love shine through you. That's good. Who else? We're on a roll now. Leanne? Relationships are intentional. They don't just happen, you have to put some effort into them. That's good. I like that word, intentional. Anybody else? As I walk towards you, you quit making eye contact with me. <laughs> Notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? It's been good. We'll give it first, and then you second. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is to be of one accord and that unity and of one mind. Okay. That's all right. Um, I was just thinking a lot here lately about that scripture when Leanne said about being intentional that the Bible says he that hath friends must show himself friendly mm. and sometimes we just want so much for people to be friendly to us but we're not willing to reach out and be friendly to them to make, like make something happen, you know, make, be intentional. That's good. That's good. Any more? A few more. Tina uh, I remember that you taught on uh, that we if something separates us, we need to be quick to remove that by asking for forgiveness and also by f- being quick to forgive.: That's good. Good stuff. All right, couple more mm-hmm. Teresa. Relationship is also about love, and the forgiveness that you show one another is formed out of love, and it makes that love stronger. Okay. Last person. Who wants to wrap this up? I need a wrapper-wrapper. All right, Michelle. Well, Jesus gave us the perfect example by having relationships with people and showing his love. And if we're to truly show the love of Christ, it's to create relationships with people. Um, You can't do that if you don't. You can't truly show the love of Christ if you don't try and create relationships. That's right. That's good. All right. heard some good things. We definitely have to be intentional. Um, you have to be a friend. You can't, it's, it's easy for us to, like someone said earlier, want everybody to be our friend. We want people to be friendly towards us and so we just sit there and wait. And then we begin to pout because nobody comes over and bees my friend. And the Bible says we must show ourselves friendly. And so we need to be on the offensive. If we want to be I believe successful in relationships, we have to be on the offensive and not defensive, not become defensive and offended, that kind of thing. And we have to look for, God, who do you want me to reach out to? Who do you want me to go after? And that's the mindset and the mentality we need to have versus, okay, God, who are you going to bring to me? Who's going to bless me? Uh, Because you might be waiting a long time and then you get hurt, you get your feelings hurt and everything and all that good stuff. So we have to be intentional in reaching out to others. And and we talked about a culture of honor. We mean by culture of a culture of where this becomes the norm. Where it becomes the re, uh, regular, regular happening here. And we talked about that culture of honor. Some aspects of that is where people value relationships. We all believe in relationships. We believe in them. But do we value Them? Are they important for us? Are we going to fight for them? Are we going to do whatever we can to protect and build those relationships? If you don't value them, then when things get heated in your relationship, you're out of there. See ya. And so we want this place to be a place where we value relationship. Because, see, if you value relationship, then guess what? You're going to value people. When people walk through that door. They're going to feel valued because we value relationships and it takes people to have relationships and we're going to value each other. And people pick up on that. I believe people can tell when you're you're in an environment where people are just kind of putting up with each other. Everybody's putting on their game face, their Sunday face and just being their Sunday people or if they genuinely care about one another. And that's the kind of culture that God is developing here where we genuinely care about each other. Now, of course, we can't get to know everybody on a personal, intimate relationship level. We can't. That's impossible. And that's not even probable, and that's not even what we're talking about. But it is we, it is important that we go after some people. And that's why we, we, we have small groups, and we'll be moving more into small groups in the near future. Uh, that's why NFL was created, to... To have an environment of men where men can move together in relationships. And we're trying to figure this thing out because men, we're slower when it comes to relationships. And so God's got to give us a head start because the woman will catch up just like that. Um, and it's been great. It's been a great experiment. been a wonderful, awesome thing that God's been doing on Sunday evening. Number two, where people are intentional in seeking and developing close, intimate, and transparent relationships. You know why it's important to be transparent? I believe all of us want to be loved, right? You don't have to raise your hand because that's a given. We want to be loved, but I believe we really want to be loved for who we are. In other words, I want a relationship where I can be me, the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm still accepted. And that's what's so cool about marriage. That's, that's what I believe is should be an awesome attribute of marriage. And I believe I'm experiencing that. Lisa knows who I is. She knows who I is. But yet she's my closest and best friend. She's my favorite person to hang out with. And the cool thing about that is she knows exactly who I am. She knows what my breath smells like when I wake up in the morning You know, turns her head the other way. And yet we're, we're best friends, we're closest friends, and that is cool. And, and I believe God wants us to experience that, not necessarily on that level, obviously not on that level, but to some extent of a level with each other, to where we know we get to know our faults and weaknesses and our idiosyncrasies and our, the stuff that makes us us, but yet people still accept us. And that's why it's important to handle conflict correctly, because when you're getting to know each other, when you're moving together in relationship, that's when the ugly stuff begins to come out. It's like, oh, I didn't know you're like that. Whoa, dude. And then what happens is if we don't value relationship then we're like, see you later, going to go find somebody else. Then I move over towards somebody else. Say, hey, how's it going? This guy's cool. And then I get to know him and then his ugly stuff comes out. and It's like, whoa, you too. You human too? Yikes! And so I bounce around until I find a perfect person. And he's already on the right hand of the Father. So I won't get to see him for a while. So, and that's why it's important for us as we we move together. And if we allow, if we trust the process, if we trust God and, and move together with each other in relationship and trust the process... And then expect the conflict to come. Don't be shocked by it. Expect it to come. And then when it does come, because I value relationships, I'm gearing myself to biblically and lovingly deal with the conflict. Say, okay, we have a situation. We have a, you know, Houston, we have a problem. Now, what am I going to do? And that's when I allow the Holy Spirit. And remember we talked about one uh, hindrances of relationships. One is not spending time with God in God's presence on a regular basis. Reason why that's important is when I'm spending time with God, he changes me, changes me, changing my character, making me more like him, giving me the ability to love people like he loves me. And so as I, if I'm having conflict with my brother, but i am spending time with God, God is dealing with me, gracing me and helping me to continue to move towards my brother and not reject him. All that make sense. So when we get to know people, get to know each other on the level of "Here's who I am," and you accept me anyway, man, that that's awesome. That's awesome. But unfortunately, in the church environment, we don't allow ourselves to get to that level. Because as soon as something comes up that's offensive, that hurts my feelings, I back off and you're out of there. I'm I'm done with you. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, am I talking a foreign language or are you in agreement with me? But God's going to change that here. He's in the process. He's been changing that. And basically what we're doing is we're just cooperating with him and allowing him to build this kind of environment here. Because people, remember what Jesus said, by this will all men know that you're my disciples. By this right here, this right here, by the love you have for one another. By the love you have for one another. So when they see when people who are not in the world see that people are actually loving each other genuinely, say, hmm, that looks pretty interesting. They kind of step a little closer. And they see it going on I, like, hmm, kind of interesting. And they say, and they begin to ask you, so what's up? Why are you guys acting like this? You know, they begin to ask you to give a reason for the hope that's in you. And you say, oh, it's Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's all about him, huh? And people are going to be attracted to the gospel because of what they see, how they see God's people living. And so this whole thing is not some people can think, oh, it's not about relationship or you're talking too much about relationship. Well, in reality, we're talking about kingdom. Talking about God's kingdom. His kingdom is all about relationship. Would you agree with that? So when I talk about relationship, we're actually talking about God's kingdom. And that's what it's all about. Because it is all about his kingdom. It is all about him. Jesus is the man. He's the one. And so he's the one that teaches us, models to us, or models to us and challenges us. To move into relationship. And he shows us how to do it. He, he, he spells it out here. And so as we cooperate and repent. Fall down. Mess up. Get back up. Repent. Brush ourselves off. Move again towards relationship. Mess up. Get up. Repent. Move towards one another. And that's why it's so important. A number of people mention Forgiveness. And Lisa and I were talking about this the other day, why it's so important. You know, if you have kids, then you can see sometimes how one child may be going through like the teen years where they're a a monster, a bear, or they're just, you know, attitudes and stuff like that. And they can be pretty hateful towards their siblings. They're going through stuff and it really doesn't have anything to do with the siblings. It's what that person's going through. And so this person kind of lashes out, neglects, beats up, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. He, he or she is not nice to their siblings. So how do you deal with that? Well, you, of course, you're encouraging them to keep moving towards one another. Well, the siblings that are being frustrated, abused or whatever, you continue to encourage them to forgive, to forgive, to forgive. Not to store up that bitterness, not to store up that resentment. Because here's what happens if they put that bitterness aside, repent, forgive and don't, you know, repent of the judgments that they're forming against their siblings and they keep a clean heart, a light heart. Then when this sibling comes around, when they mature and finally realize they've been a knothead and they come back to their siblings and say, you know what, I've been a knucklehead. Would you forgive me for my stupidity? Now, if they have all this bitterness built up for years, I'm going to say, forget it, buddy, get out of my face. But if they've been keeping their hearts clean and light and their brother or sister comes back and says, will you forgive me? I've been a a knucklehead. say, yeah, it's all good. And then there's that restoration. And that's how we need to operate as brothers and sisters. When we have a brother or sister acting like a knothead. And see, we react to that person. And what we typically do is say, I'm not going to spend time with you anymore. And then we reject each other instead of forgiving 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 and how many times does the bible says that we're allowed to be a knothead 70 times seven per day that's a lot that's a lot of forgiveness basically it's inexhaustible and so if i keep forgiving my brother keep forgiving him keep forgiving him and then when all of a sudden god has a breakthrough in his heart his soul and he comes around and realizes man i've been acting like an idiot Then he comes to me and says, Brother, would you forgive me for the way I was acting? If my heart is light and I've been keeping forgiveness there, then guess what? Sure, brother. It's all good. Let's go. Let's go watch the game. But if I let that bitterness take over, then when he's ready to move forward, I'm done. And that's what happens too often. But what typically happens is we spiritualize. A rejection of relationship. Now, this isn't always the case, but it happens too often. If I'm fed up with you guys, guess what? God's calling me somewhere else. I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to go to another church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I go somewhere else. Because, of course, they're perfect people at this other church. And then guess what happens After a short time, God calls me somewhere else because I realize that there's a bunch of imperfect people at that church, too. So when we settle in and decide, you know what, God, I'm going to commit to your process. I'm going to commit to you, your kingdom and your body and lock in for the long haul. I say, okay, I'm here. I'm committed. And then when when the storms come, when the challenges and relationships come, I'm committed and I don't look for a way of escape. I look for the grace to move forward towards this person to get things worked out. And I can promise you, it's a whole lot more rewarding when you have a clean heart, when your heart is light, when you can look through all out the room and realize, you know what, I don't have anything against anybody. That's a nice feeling to have. But if there's people on this side of the room that you want to avoid, then you sit on this side of the room. And then the hard thing is, is if you're trying to worship out of the corner of your eye, you see people that you don't like. So then you kind of have to turn yourself this way, you know. Or if you're out in the hallway and some of these folks over here come to this side of the church, then you have to use the bathroom too often or whatever. You have to avoid each other. Or you're in Walmart, and of course you're going to see these people because they shop at Walmart too. So then they down certain aisles and you happen to avoid each other. And it's just a mess. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. When you have to avoid people, oh, no, there's so-and-so, I'm going this way. Oh, no, there's another person, I'm going this way. But how about having a clean heart, full of forgiveness, when you can look anybody in the face, approach anybody, and you know you're good. You know you're good. And you know that if you're not good with somebody, you know you're allowing God to work in you to make sure that things are going to be good with you and this person. When you live like that, you can sleep peacefully at night. That was the iPhone. I recognize that. Do you guys recognize that that tone? Anyway. (laughs) All right. What are some other things real quick? Um, Where people value accountability in relationships. Accountability. That's a bad word to some people. I think it's a wonderful word. To me, that word when I think of the word accountability, I think of the word safety, security. Because what I want in my life is I want brothers that can, and I was Lisa and I were talking about this yesterday. I want brothers who can ask me any question. Any question. If they see that I'm kind of, because they know me, And they have my back, I I know they care about me, they're praying for me, we're together and everything. And they see me starting to act a little strange and kind of go off a little bit, kind of going off the trail a little bit. And they recognize me, so they recognize that my behavior is changing. And they come get in my face and say, brother, what's going on? What do you mean what's going on? How come you're talking to this person more often than you should be? Or why are you doing this? And because they value relationship, they're willing to engage in what could be a a conflicting situation. And they're willing to hold me accountable. That's what I want. When I see these men of God that have messed up, who have blown it, the guys we see on TV and and reading the newspapers and everything. I mean men that love Jesus Christ. That that proclaim the gospel. That do all kinds of wonderful things for the kingdom. And then they go astray. They fall off the ship or whatever. They get into bad situations. Now, I don't know those guys personally. But I believe that part of it is because of a lack of accountability. Because for a person to get way off in left field, there's a trail that leads there. You don't just jump. Over there, there's a path. And if you have close friends who hold you accountable, when you start going down that path, that's when you're confronted to keep you from ending up over here. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Am I speaking English still? And imagine if we are in a culture where we keep each other accountable in a loving way because we care for each other. Imagine the safety that we're going to experience. And also the reason why I see it safe is because if I'm going through a rough time, not a sinful time. I mean, there's that too. But if I'm going through a rough, a hard time, I mean, life is kicking me in the face. If I'm alone. then I'm probably going to get my lunch eaten pretty much. Because what happens is I isolate myself. The enemy talks to me. His voice gets louder and louder because I become more and more discouraged. It's hard for me to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It begins to get drowned out. And then my soul begins to scream and yell and feel sorry for myself and all this stuff. So these the wrong voices are becoming amplified and God's voice is becoming minimized. And if I'm by myself, I can just spiral down. But if a brother kind of notices, hmm... His countenance seems a little down. And he says, hey, CJ, let's go out for lunch. Sure, i like food. They go out and say, so what's going on? Oh, everything's good. No, really. What's going on? And because they know me, because they love me, care for me, they don't allow me to just give the pat answers. It's all good. But they say, no, I'm not accepting that. What's really going on? And then I'm able to share the burden. And I think I read somewhere in a book that talks about bearing one another's burdens. Might be mistaken, but I think I read that somewhere. Why do we need to bear one another's burdens? I believe because God's shoulders are the only ones, only shoulders that can handle all the burdens. Remember, he says, cast all your cares upon God. But he also says, bear one another's burdens. If there wasn't a need for that, that verse wouldn't be in there. It would just be cast all your cares upon God. But he says, cast all your cares upon God, but I know you're going to need each other as well. So help each other, bear one another's burdens until he's able to give it to God. So that's why it's important for us to have relationship. So when my burdens get too heavy... I have a brother that sees me starting to buckle under that load. And he comes alongside and says, hey, get a little closer so we can both carry this. See, relationship isn't just a nice thing where we stand together and sing kumbaya around a campfire. But it is a serious thing. It's a powerful thing that God has enacted. He's put in his word. So that we can be strong men and women of the kingdom to carry out his purposes. Are you with me still? So this is important stuff. Would you agree? A place where people learn to walk in true biblical love towards one another. A place where people are valued and can receive value and feel valued. A place where people will do what they can to protect the relationships. Those are all aspects of a culture of honor, as I think of it. And this is so important because we talked about this before. Our spiritual maturity and our growth has everything to do with relationships. We can measure our growth in God by how we deal and walk in relationships. If I can't stand people, if I reject people and I stay away from people, then in reality, I don't love God. That's reality. Now, of course, I can say I love God and hate my brother. The Bible says, how can you say you love God and hate your brother? It doesn't make sense. And also, relationships are the major vehicle, I believe, are the major vehicle by which God Causes us to grow. Major vehicle by which God causes us to grow. You know, if you think of Bible school, seminary, any kind of Bible training type atmospheres. There's all kinds of wonderful discipleship places and programs and ministries. And I've seen kids go to them. And they learn a lot of good stuff. They learn word. But then they come out and they're still immature. It's like, why is that? You know, and some of them, you know, these, these young people come out and they're, expect, they're ready to start a church. They're ready to be pastors of a church. And they have all the knowledge. But they really don't know what they're doing. Some of them. I believe a major reason... Is if during that two years or four years or whatever, if they really engage in relationships, then they're engaging in in an environment where they're allowing God to change them. Because it's in relationships where you practice the word. I mean, think about how much of the word you can practice without relationship. Just think about that. Close your eyes for a second. Think about that. How much of God's word can you practice without people? Not a lot, huh? But yet we think if I'm in an environment where I'm learning word, learning, 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 hearing, hearing, amen, I believe that, praise God, I'm all excited, I'm ready to go. And then I go out in life, not have engaged and been a part of, of close relationships, accountable relationships, and then I go deal with life and I get my butt kicked. Because I realize I don't know anything. I haven't practiced, I haven't experienced, I haven't learned how to walk in forgiveness. I haven't learned how to to help another brother bear his birds and that kind of thing. So then when I get out in life where all that stuff is, I don't know how to do any of it. But I have knowledge. And I can tell you the right things, but I can't model the right things. So relationship is important. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Pop quiz time. Actually, what I'm going to do is, um, Ron, if you could uh, go ahead and pass out those papers hope I have enough. I have 75. If I don't have enough, I can uh, get someone to make a copy, some more copies for me. Let me have one as well so I can. What this is, and if you need a writing utensil, I'll hold the pens. Anybody need something to write with? Anybody over here? Got something. Anybody over here need something to write with? your glasses are in on the desk anybody else need a writing utensil anybody else there you go anybody else Who else needs a writing utensil? Oops, that's bad. Bathroom. <laughs> anybody else? Something to write with? Paper? Okay. Can I have one of your papers. Ah, oh. anybody else need a piece of paper? Oh my. <laughs> Yeah, I might. You know how to run the copier, don't you, Jeff? If you look in my mailbox, the white originals there, go ahead and use that. How many people need a paper still? Ooh, okay. Pen? Okay, so we need probably about 15 copies. Oh, hold on a second. Ten copies. Pen still? And a paper. I mean, you need everything. Whoops. Sorry about that. Need something to write with? Anybody else? Pen? Anybody else? Paper? All right. Need a paper, too? Okay, we've got some copies being made. Who else needs a paper? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, about ten-ish. Anybody need a writing utensil? Okay. Now, basically, what this is nothing magical, except it's my favorite color, so respect that. It's um, basically just a self-evaluation. You'll look at this, you'll fill it out, and and then write down action points. Like it talks about, it gives you an opportunity to evaluate, you know, your consistency and quality of quiet time, how much I love and accept myself, I consistently biblically deal with conflict, et cetera, et cetera. If, you, if it's real poor, then put a one or something like that. If it's very good, then you would um, get a number at one through five. And then under that, it says action steps I will take to improve in the following areas. Quiet time, love, acceptance of myself, dealing with conflict in the church. Now, for example, quiet time or some. Now, the challenge and encouragement is not to be um, or to be practical. That's the whole point of this is to encourage and challenge you to be practical in moving towards relationships. Like the first question is, am I committed to the process of allowing God to change me into being a more relational person? If your answer is no, then you're done. You're done. You don't have to fill out anything else. If the answer is yes, am I committed to the process? Yes, then you, then you move on down. And these are some practical things to encourage you just to move forward. Towards the bottom it says, who in the church am I intentionally moving towards in relationship?" If there's somebody there, put that down. If there's nobody that you have been, ask the Holy Spirit, who should I? Because I can promise you this. He has someone for you to move towards in relationship. You are not exempt from the importance of relationship. And then the next one says, I will get with so-and-so ASAP to set up a time of fellowship within the next two or three weeks. In other words, you get with a person and say, hey, let's get together. Now, you may not be able to get together this coming week because we got a lot going on as far as the conference. But you get with them and say, all right, let's get our calendars out. When are we going to get together? And you say, hey, does the 20th work for you, the 17th? You put it down. As Brother Dale says, be definite. Because you can talk about, oh yeah, let's get together sometime. And then sometime never comes. Okay? And so, and then on the bottom it says, for accountability purposes, I will commit to showing this form to. Who will you show this form to? It can be a spouse or another person that that you can get with that's going to that's be able to look at this and say, okay, are you doing it? And basically to help you be accountable to this process. So who didn't have one? You can have this one. You don't have one? There you go. She'll take it. <laughs> All right, we'll have some more for you in a second. So go ahead and fill this out. And again, the only person who will see this is you and whoever you show it to. But I would encourage you to show it to somebody.